Pioneers. We are in season three, Through the Eyes of Men, Fatherhood. And I have been so blessed by the last two seasons to get to hear mothers. Now we're talking to fathers. And there's just been so much wisdom to gain. And on here today, we have Pastor John. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I have been able to get to know you. I'm absolutely loving uh, to be able to get on with you, Shala. What a wonderful time being able to talk about being a dad. Live from here in Knoxville, Tennessee, being able to reconnect with you. Um, it's been yeah. a couple minutes since we've been able to yeah, see each other honestly. in person. But it's exciting what God's doing. Great things are happening. Looking forward to talking about being a dad, how important it is that we uh, get men involved. I love seeing women involved. Yeah. That's absolutely vital, but we've got to have that male part of it. We've got to have, I don't know, how, can, can I, can I, can I knock on dads a little bit? Like, where's the, yeah. where's the, where's that maleness? You know, just a little dangerous. Well, maybe a lot of it dangerous. Here's the reason why women live longer than men, but you know, where's that danger level? Let's, let's get back and let's be men, you know, get, get dirty, go out and go out in the field and, you know, eat a, eat a bologna sandwich with, you know, dirt or, you know, who knows, you may have cow poop on your, on your hands or something. Who cares? I love it. I love it. All righty. First question. What is fatherhood? Wow. I was looking over, you, you sent me these questions. And I love looking over these. So fatherhood, what, what is fatherhood? I think that we have to understand that fatherhood is way more then the fact of us um, as men being, uh, and I, I, I hope I hope I'm doing this this correctly. I don't mean to be crass. We can't just be sperm donors. Fatherhood yeah. is way more than just the fact of the biological function of of uh, of the birds and the bees. Fatherhood is leading. Fatherhood is being a servant leader. Fatherhood is investing. Fatherhood is getting up at two o'clock in the morning when your child is. I, we, we always use the thing of they're getting up puking and, yeah. and, you know, type of thing. But fatherhood is way more than that. Fatherhood is getting up at two o'clock in the morning when they're having a night terror and comforting mm-hmm. your three-year-old in order yeah. to get her to be able to calm her mind. That's fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Actually mm-hmm. being a man. So good. What are some generalizations about fatherhood that need to be shut down? <laughs> I saw that when I was, uh, I was like, man, generalizations. One is that fathers, fathers are stupid. Um, Mm. That absolutely drives me insane bonkers. And not because of, I I don't mean that personally. I'm not frustrated personally because of it as much as it frustrates me because it's part of an agenda in order to crush fathers. It's Mm. part of an agenda, which in order to take apart the nuclear family and it must stop. That's so good. Is fatherhood challenging and why? Oh, I think it's supposed to be challenging. Is it challenging? <laughs> yeah, it's challenging. That's why, That's why you know, they gave it to dads. And I don't mean that in a sexist way, but it, it, it requires tenacity. It requires investment. It requires being a man. That's why it's called fatherhood. Yeah. It's tough. It's not for the wimps. It's not for the sissies. It's 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 mm-hmm. it's meant to grow you up. How many men do we all know that, that became, you know, it's like they, they had their child and all of a sudden they became a man. Why? Because fatherhood is tough. It's challenging. And it's supposed to be that way. You're growing kids up. They're going to be they're going to be the Bible talks about them as children, as arrows. You're going to be shooting them off into uh, society, the world, if you will. 
and they have to be prepared. It's tough. I yeah. hope it's tough. If it's easy, you're not doing it the right way. Mm, so good. Is your father in your life and how has that affected your fatherhood? I have the opportunity to have my father in my life. That has been a huge, um, well, it's, it's pre 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 presented its challenges, um, but at the same time, it's also presented some very um, good parts. We're actually going to be moving to my hometown here in a couple, well, actually just over a week. And so we'll be right near my dad and uh, my mom. They uh, uh, still live there. And um, how it's affected my fatherhood, um, I, I've learned a lot. Um, you know, as the old saying goes, you learn from some people what to do and from some people what not to do. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot of what not to do. And I found myself uh, copying what my dad has done. And I have found that I need to stop doing that. So um, he is in my life. Um, it has affected my fatherhood somewhat for the negative. Um, and yeah. it also has affected it for the positive. Um, but uh, it, it's... You know, you, you don't have to be who your dad was. Mm. Um, and it's not, it's also, I, I think of it two ways. Um, two things very important to understand is if your dad was a good dad, it's not going to happen by accident that you're going to be a good dad. And just mm. because your dad was a bad dad, it doesn't mean that you're going to have to be a bad dad yourself. Mm. It requires work. It's that challenging part from question number three. Okay. Was being a dad your plan or was it God's? Was being a dad your plan or was it God's? Um, well, I wanted to be a dad. So, I mean, there, there's that side of it. But, I mean, I think that God God wants. I mean, it, it's, you know, uh, boy meets girl. Uh, boy and girl get married and then, you know, the babies come. There's that old, you know, um, that old little uh, uh, ditty, if you will, about baby carriages. Um, so, I think it's part of God's plan. But I wanted to be a dad, too. So, I kind of. I don't know. It's kind of both. Yeah. Have you and your spouse ever had to deal with the miscarriage or stillbirth? And how did you get through that? Wow. March of 2017. Absolutely. Probably it was, uh, I believe it was like March 9th, if I remember correctly. And then the miscarriage, uh, she actually had the miscarriage. My wife had the miscarriage on March 23rd. Mm -hmm. What makes that day actually, uh, excuse me, March 24th, I apologize. Um, March 24th is actually the birthday of our oldest as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, would have been, uh, let's see here, baby number, um, eight, um, mm -hmm. was a miscarriage. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was about six weeks along. Um, and we had a miscarriage. Um, I love your words. How did you get through it? I love that it, it infers that it's tough. I've heard so many people tell me, just forget about it. Don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why you would do that. That's absolutely asinine and, and uh, just plain dumb. Um, I mean, that's like dumb on purpose, you know, D-U-M dumb. Um, uh, it, it is absolutely um, crazy that you would just go and shove that uh, that underneath uh, the, the, the surface um, in order to have it uh, not be talked about. That was a life. That was, uh, I, that was a real human being that uh, passed away. Um, and, and there should be a grieving process. Um, how do you get through it? One of the things we just talked about, I mean, we had many times tears. We had many things, um, that are, uh, um, that we were, um, you know, 
we talked through, we had many things that we, you know, just waking up in the middle of the night and uh, talking about it when we were thinking about it, having bad dreams about it, talking about it helped. Um, and it, it concerns me even in the Christendom world, the religious world. I, we have found out there's been hundreds, maybe even thousands of individuals that are, um, that are, uh, have, have dealt with miscarriage or stillbirth. And there's not much talk about it. There's not much there out there for people to be able to go through it together um, yeah. in order to, to help process it. And yeah. I think it's very, um, I think it's very important that we begin. It's a tough conversation. You just lost a baby. You yeah. never got to hold it, but you lost it. You know you did. Mm. And we must talk about them. Yeah. Mm. Do you have a good slash close relationship with your kids? Well, I would love to say I have a perfect relationship, but I'd be a liar. And being a religious show that you have on here, I don't want to be a liar. Um, I think we have a, a relationship um, because of uh, challenges of um, me acting like my dad and acting um, that way does put a strain upon relationships at times. But I'm learning is um, God can mend back together that which uh, the palmer worm hath eaten or the canker worm, as it says in the Minor Prophets, uh, the palmer worm hath eaten and God can restore. And we're watching that happen in miraculous ways. So good. What do your kids do that soften your heart? Buy me presents. Oh, no, that was the wrong answer. Can, can we have a mulligan redo on that one? Um, what, what do your kids do that softens your heart? Well, I used to would have answered. This is this is probably even a change since when when we were in 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 Washington um, yeah. that, that, you know, when you were going to the church that I was pastoring. Mm -hmm. I, I'm now getting soft. My heart softens to win their children, if that makes sense. And I don't want to, maybe yeah. I probably should define that. When they do dumb stuff, that softens my heart. Why, why does it soften? Are you, are you promoting sin, John? No, I'm not promoting sin. I'm not being um, like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about is they're acting like kids. They're acting normal. Yeah. They're acting they're acting very normal. That's what I love seeing is that they are being normal people as they should be. When And that softens my heart because I see so many times we want them to become robots. And I was one of those. I wanted them to become robots. I wanted them to act correctly. Good God almighty. I don't act correctly. I mean, your, 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 listeners don't know me but you can attest to and you can be honest i don't act normal i you know probably a little psycho a little crazy but just i made the image just a little bit but it's it's just it's amazing when they when they act normal i don't want them to i i see and and i've pushed it i have and that's one of the things i want them to be them and that softens my i'm getting to that point that they are them yeah. Stephen's different than Hannah. Hannah's different than Abby. Abby's different than Matthew. And James is his own little person. It's amazing. Yeah. And that kind of softens my heart. I used to, I, what I used to would have said was when they obeyed correctly and they did immediately. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. Guys, get off of it. Okay. How do you deal with disobedience physically and emotionally? 
how do I deal with disobedience physically? Well, I think the Bible does talk about, you know, um, that there is that there is physical discipline. But I think that we have. How do I word this? We have caused physical discipline to become the only way that we know how to discipline mm -hmm. um, in Christendom. It has become quite the way that we discipline children is only uh, physically. Um, and then how we discipline physically, if we were to do that, um, or if even how we do it, uh, even if we're um, not physically disciplining them, allow, allowing, you know, they, they um, you know, didn't get their chores done so they can't watch the movie with us, you know, because the game's over, What you know, whatever it might be. How we, how we act during that time, they are in a vulnerable spot. And we need to remember they are real human beings and I'm not good at that. I'm really bad at it. And um, it's been a learning process for me um, of, of understanding that how I act is not, when we talk about it, you know, how I act, well, I don't go out and steal bubble gum from the grocery store, but I act like an absolute, you know, uh, buffoon and then wonder why they act like a buffoon, you know, <laughs> And yeah. well, I'm trying to discipline them. And well, yeah, you probably are. I, I'll give you that, John. You know, you're trying to discipline them, but how about you do it the right way? And mm. so good. So Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What are you trying to or what do you want to instill in your sons? I want to instill in my sons that we... How do I word this? We want them to be real people because it's a real world with yeah. real problems, with real hurt. They they may have some of those real problems. They may have some of those real hurts. And it's really okay that, you know, when they, quote, fly the coop, if you will, jump out of the nest and fly away, I hope that our home is a home that, um, you know, you made a mistake, you, you did something, well, maybe not even a mistake, you just made a bad decision. You thought that you thought that the, the, the car was going to be a, a good one and mm -hmm. it turned out to be a lemon. <laughs> Come and talk. Who cares? Yeah. You know, the door's open, you know, uh, that, that kind of stuff. That, I want to instill that into them, not only towards that, but I want them to have that towards towards others. Long-suffering forbearance. Um, uh, I think of the Bible verse, forgiving one another and forbearing one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Yeah. Well, it, it goes back to, you know what? I ain't perfect. I, I try to act like I am. I try to put on that put on that facade. <laughs> I'm a pretty good guy. But then that goes back to the emotional hurt that you can cause even outside of discipline. When you make yourself to be some sort of pompous buffoon, it really hurts people. It does. It crushes people. And what are you trying to, or what do you want to instill in your daughters? 
Wow. Um, I would definitely say ditto on all of I, that I just said. I can't quote it again because uh, I probably damage it. Um, but I know, I know that uh, there's such a there's such a rise of how do I word this male male um, especially in the religious world male chauvinism mm. and it's biblicized. Um, and I want them to understand is they're fearfully and wonderfully made too. Mm, yeah. And they are, I think as dads, we have to, as fathers, we have to instill that we are going to respect, we are going to honor them. And I want to have them know that it's okay to be who they are. Yeah. Mm. What are some unspoken promises, principles, characteristics, et cetera, that you want them to grasp just by watching you? I was looking over that one uh, pre-show. I want them to know that even though I may not say it, and this is one thing I'm working on is that what my mind thinks as I also say, and I don't mean that in a wrong way, you know, yeah. I don't want everything that my mind thinks to come out of my mouth. But I'm saying is, is the, the, that, you know, communicating, communicating that I'm in their corner, you know, through actions, communicating yeah. through that I'm, I'm, I'm working for them through actions. I want my actions and my words to match. You know, telling Hannah she's uh, turning 14 this year, that I love her, telling her that I think she's pretty, but I want to treat her like I love her. I want her to treat her like she's pretty. I want her to know that. So then that way it's words go, words have a lot of meaning. They, they, they do. And that may be somewhat funny to say it that way. Words have meaning. But it's amazing what the action does to reinforce the meaning yes. of words. Mm -hmm. And that's where I am striving. And I say that when I choose that word is that's where I'm wanting to go. But I find myself saying dumb things at 11 o'clock at night and losing my temper and saying things that then I have to spend two days apologizing for and rebuilding mm -hmm. because I set mm -hmm. off a nuclear bomb in the Schrock household. Yeah. Mm. How do you incorporate your walk with Christ into your parenting? Well, I go back to my, what I'm trying to instill. I, I try to be honest with my kids. Dad yeah. messed up. Sorry, I was an idiot. Yeah. I just said things about your mom that's absolutely untrue. I just said things about you. I was in a fit of anger and rage, and I was just a, a an emotional mess. I, I'm not making... I'm not making light of it. I'm not making, um, what's the word? Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not making um, excuses for it, but I was tired because of, you know, and explaining to them, Christ still loves me and I still love you. And I hope that you can still love me, but I don't mm -hmm. demand it out of them because God doesn't demand us to love him. Mm he he offers to us that we can love him he tries to get us to want to love him but he doesn't demand it and so christ wants us to walk in righteousness and i find myself more times than not not doing that so instilling that into them. 
how do you balance work, spouse, ministry, kids, and your own personal walk with God? I was hoping that you would answer this question. I will sit back and listen because I don't know how to do that. So, so Shala, taking over the, uh, I'm going to push this button. I'm going to take over the host spot. How do you balance that? I don't know. What, yeah, what it is, I think, but that goes back to that challenging part. Mm. We got something, guys, we've got stuff that we can conquer. Quit mm. trying to be, and, and I'm, I'm talking to myself, but I'm also passionately talking to others. Quit trying to always go and conquer everything outside the home. And I, mm. I know it. The job that I'm doing now, I, I, I'm still, uh, I pastor uh, Minuteman uh, Ministries. Um, uh, and I, I also work uh, with the John Birch Society. I've got big hills to conquer. I've got places. Oh, my goodness. I'm on here on my uh, uh, computer. Oh, could I, could I tell you about big things that are happening? How they, they invested this amount of money in this campaign and that amount of money in that campaign. Folks, we also have guys, we have big things that we need to conquer inside of our homes, balancing work-life balance. Yeah. And understand it has to go God. Then, you know, your relationship with God, your relationship with your wife, men that are married, fathers, you know, yeah. you know, that are married. Then comes, you know, then comes the kids. If you have your kids in front of your spouse, trust me, we've done it. My wife and I have done it. And we were like, oh, my stars, what did we just do? Mm. You know, why did we do this? And, and folks, we are, we're as guilty as anyone else. Don't think that you can't rectify that which you've broken. So, so go go out and conquer that. So you go your relationship to God, your relationship to your spouse, to your wife, your relationship with your kids. I mean, I've got nine kids that are that are that are living. We've got one in heaven. Uh, we talked about the miscarriage. And we've got I've got nine little lives that yeah. are, I mean, Matthew's still a pistol. James is becoming a pistol. Grace is growing up. Abigail and Hannah are growing up. It is absolutely insane. Yeah. And I've got big mountains to, to, to conquer with them. We're moving to a, to a house, 3.1 acres. It's going to be amazing. We're going to go and, and, and conquer the, the wild unknown of 3.1 acres. Folks, we, we can have that balance. I don't know how to do it. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to understand. But I know it's a big deal for me to conquer and you have to look at it that way. Because when I look at what I'm doing, you know, literally up on my screen right now, I'm looking at the Indiana Secretary of State campaign finance uh, site and finding out who has given to what campaigns. <laughs> I need to go find out what my kids are interested in. Jesus. And go and conquer that hill as well. And then when my mind thinks of it that way, it's easier for me to engage in it because it's something to conquer. And guys like conquering things for some strange reason. We're weird like that. What challenges do you have as the head of house and how do you overcome them? None. I'm perfect. Next question. Oh, <laughs> challenges. We're the head of a I, – I've, I've thought of it this way. We, we talk about everybody wants to be the fire chief. I used to be on the fire department. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to wear the white helmet. They want to be the big cheese, the big chief. Well, guess what? When you're when you're the dad, kind of you are the big cheese, the big chief. For, you understand my, my, yeah. my uh, uh, analogy. Well, 
you've got challenges as being you if you're the chief of a, of a fire department you know you, you remember the the fire department kitty corner from our house yeah. so you're on a city yeah. fire department you've got to balance the city council budget meeting you've got mm -hmm. to balance the the politics of city council you've got to balance the public safety politics of the of the uh, west plains region there in spokane county you've got to well guess what you've got challenges as a dad as being quote the head of the house Quit thinking that means that you're some on high king that's been coronated like the queen of England. Good God Almighty, it means that you get to serve those who are, who are quote, un, your underlings, for lack of a better uh, uh, a term. But it says in the Bible, you're supposed to love your family, your, your wife, specifically, it says, as Christ loved the church. And I love these words, gave himself for it. Yeah. Mm. Now talk about challenges. Yeah, yeah, there's challenges. There's budgetary challenges. I don't know if you if you've got any ideas of how to make your paycheck bigger than your uh, expenses. That would be amazing. I'm not talking about those. I'm saying there are challenges inherently in the job of yeah. being the head of the house, and it's not a challenge of how do I delegate my authority and how do I make sure they understand that I am boss. Yeah. That's just stupidity. The challenges are, how am I going to serve them? Ooh, so good. What falls through the cracks because of whatever is happening on a daily basis? What area are you slacking in? Consistency. And when mm -hmm. I mean consistency, sometimes in the Christendom world, we would say consistency and discipline. No, consistency being a human being. Consistency in being a loving human being, consistency in being a caring human being, consistency in prayer, consistency in Bible devotions, consistency in consistency. I think you get the point. Do you find yourself overcompensating in any way for any reason? Oh, every day. I mean... It, that's the, that's one of those challenges because when I when I think of uh, when I think of uh, um, challenges, I think of the, the the pressures, peer pressure. That's the word I'm looking for, I believe. Um, that that pop up um, in our lives of um, we have to we have to keep up with the neighbors. They've got a big pool. Why don't I got a big pool? They've got the perfect family. I looked, uh, I looked on Facebook and they went to all the cool spaces when they were, you know, the, the keeping up. Uh, there's the old, um, uh, there's the old uh, um, PBS show, Keeping Up Appearances. And the, uh, the, the star of the show, the, the lady was always trying to be the queen of England and she would walk around with a small tea and she was trying to keep up. And she mm. was she was actually chasing her own tail, going mm. round and round and round and round, and never getting anywhere. But she was doing a lot of work, busy, 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 but never getting anywhere. And mm. I find myself doing that. And it's even put upon us, even in Christendom, in the church world, what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, let's be let's be uh, let's be honest. We also have. Um, is uh, here they give you busy work in Christendom. It has nothing to do with really doing anything. It's it's just literally, excuse me, literally busy work. Yeah. And it's an it's an atrocity. 
It's an absolute atrocity. And we shouldn't do it. But we find ourselves doing it. What do you do on the days you want to quit? <laughs> Are you implying that there's not every day? Or I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, I think that's one of those men. We've got to be, we've got to be emotionally healthy. Oh Jesus! Pause. Oh, that's a good one right there. <laughs> Amen from the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there must be Baptists around the back row. <laughs> The tenacity, folks. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I know that's, that's so clicheish. Oh, it sounds so sweet. But when you put your shoulder to the plow, mm. you push it. Yeah, it's gonna push against you. It's designed that way. It's so good. It, it, it's so. What do I do? What? So, so literally right now, um, I've got, uh, I've got uh, elected officials tweeting my name on their uh, public accounts because I'm frustrating. <laughs> well, in, 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 so in my job, I, I, I'm like, oh, see, tough, it's, it's getting tough. I must be over target. I must be right over target. I must be bombing in the right position. Well, how about when it gets tough with in, in, in anything else? Why aren't we going, you know what? Tough get going, you know, it's getting going gets tough, the tough get going. But we literally start thinking, well, maybe I should quit. I'm not sure if I should quit yet. I mean, and it's like, no, I was figuring on digging in a little bit deeper. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. It seems like the thing's getting a little tough. You know, I don't know how to get through to my 12-year-old son. The world's crashing down around him. We're moving. We're, we're, we're seeing this happen. We're seeing that happen. And his entire world's upside down. And I'm not meaning of having him just push through it. I'm wondering in my mind, this is going to be tough for me to get over in his mind. Well, let's do it though. How am I going to go about and do that? How am I going to make that happen? So then we can have an idea of how to help him. That's when the tough get going. How can I help him? Who has helped support you through your journey as a father? <sighs> Who has helped support me during my journey as a father? I've had some people along the way that have been those who I can look to and talk to. I think that's one area for me. There's not many of those that get all of it. Like there's some that get a piece of it or that piece of it, but they don't really get the entire whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. And it is, it's lonely out there. Mm -hmm. That you're really trying to be, I know some that are, that have, you know, figured out about emotional health and about this or that but they don't get the religious side of it. Oh, I mean, yeah. They're, they're more in love with the emotional, wacky, cracky stuff than they are of the real, what's the word? The real stuff. 
They're not. They're, they're not. They're not concerned about the spiritual aspect. Yeah, the spiritual There's, warfare that goes on. Yes. Yes. There we go. And so, I don't really. I don't know. It's. Yeah. It's a lonely world. Yeah. But hey, let's create a let's create a way to get together and, you know, yeah. we can mm-hmm. make it happen. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Is a spiritual father as important as a biological or at-home father? I, I think of it in, in a way like having a godfather, if you will, someone you can look up to. Mm. I think that's important. If you don't have, I know that there, you know, I was blessed that my dad was, you know, present, you know, in, in the house. Uh, maybe didn't always do the right things, if you will. Um, but, uh, was present, but at the same time, I also know is that, uh, you know, having somebody that you can bounce things off of is important, but we need to get dads to, we need, we need to get together and get men and, you know, to be men and to listen and, and to, you know, it's okay to have a bad day. It really is and you know share our share each other's burdens you know we need to do that what do you wish you were told about fatherhood beforehand don't i wish i'd been told don't try to be perfect Mm. that that is one of the biggest things i i went in trying to be the perfect dad and fell flat on my face and that's really when i when i figure you know it, it went in the midst of that and I really thought about quitting because I just can't be perfect. Well, darn Skippy, you're not going to be perfect. Now, let's let's go really be a dad. Quit trying to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Get over it. Moving on, you know, <laughs> page two, as uh, Paul Harvey said. <laughs> what is one thing you wish you were told by your father? It wasn't until... 2020, the dad said that he was proud of me. Mm. I wish I had been told that I was, because I strove, strove to be, have my dad proud of me. Never heard it. Mm. It was there, um, there at the corner of, uh, I was outside talking to my dad in between the library and our house there in Airway Heights, and I was on the phone with him and told me he was proud of me. Wow. What is one thing you were told by your dad that you use often? <laughs> Obey me immediately. <laughs> um, that is that is one of those things I'm trying to break habits. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's even more dangerous than being an alcoholic. I think it's more dangerous than being a drug addict. It's another addiction that must be broken. If it's not, it's not more, maybe it's equally as much dangerous and we must, we, we, we must crush that yeah. immediately. What is one thing you want to tell other fathers? Um, don't be like me, but be like me. <laughs> um, and I say that I, I was meaning it for the, the funny fact as well as but literally um i think we need to understand the um 
have somebody when I say be like me, folks, I've fallen down flat on my face as a dad, as a pastor, while I was a pastor, you know, I'm still in, but I'm not saying that I'm, you know, but you can get back up. Yeah. So be like me, but don't be like me and fall flat on your face. But I'm not, I'm not expecting you to be perfect. So I'm not hoping that you fall flat on your face. I'm hoping is that you will be, you know, how you're supposed to be. Yeah. And find people that are, that are willing to, what's the word? Find people that are willing to invest in who you are. Yeah. That are wanting you to be who they want you to be. Um, I, I could go in great detail of those who have tried to surround me, but they wanted me to become who they wanted versus mm. what God wanted me to be. Mm, that's so good. Now, don't use that in a way of, I'm going to go out and become some sort of, you know, um, LGBTQ, anti-biblical yeah. person. That's just nonsense. Yeah. What I'm talking about is that it's, if, if God wants you to become a church planter in the state of Washington, go be a church planter in the state of Washington. You'll meet some really cool people. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to do what God wants you to do. When God says that he wants you to be, do what God says what he wants you to do. Now, don't use that as a weapon in order to say, you know, I'm going to become this or that or whatever. Folks, let's, let's make sure it's biblical. But yeah. you be you, I'll be me, but let's just make sure it's biblically. That mm, so perfectly said. You be you, I'll be me, but make sure it's biblical. That's what that's what the saying needs to say now. And they're like, you do you, you do you in the confine in the confines of Christ. That's what it should be. Yes. That's what the thing it should be. Cause these people, they be doing all kinds of things in all kinds of ways. And we wonder why the world is a hot mess right now. Uh, no, no wonder the world's a hot mess is because there, there has to be a sense of of oh, morality. morality. Uh, there, there has to be a, a baseline. There has to be yeah. rules. Yeah. We have rules of the road. Why? So there's an establishment of normality. So that there's there's yeah. these these it's rules of the road. Well, there's rules of life. Yeah. Shala, you can't spend more than you make. You can't do it, or all of a sudden your bank account's in the negative. I mean, yeah. holy cow, who would have thought? Yeah. It's not, but we, we have, we have given ourselves over to being, um, what's the word? We want it to be, we, we want to just do it. We, we want to do it our way. Yeah. You know, that old song, so I did it my way. Yeah. I, we, we shouldn't sing on your show. It might scare your, your listeners away. <laughs> Yeah, mm, so good. What do you tell your kids often? What do I what do I tell my kids often? What I've been finding myself um, is what I've been working on um, over time is finding things to thank them for and tell you that I'm proud of them. Mm -hmm. So, good. and that has been something that I've been really working on because I didn't used to. It used yeah. to be obey me, obey me, obey me, and I was an idiot. Okay. What do you think needs to be talked about more as it pertains to fatherhood? 
<laughs> uh, the last 24 questions. Um, it, uh, it, it's fun. It's exciting. It's, 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 it is, um, I mean, being a dad is, I mean, top notch stuff. I mean, this is, you know, um, I'm probably going to, and I say this, and I, I know I'm running the risk of maybe sounding braggadocious, but I'm not. But, but the job that I'm doing right now uh, with the John Birch Society is putting me into places of, of, of what many would consider high, high areas that, uh, you know, may be considered, you know. And I will have to tell you, being a dad's way more fun than any of it. Um, it pays my bills. That's what I like about it. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's a it's a it's a job in order to pay my bills. Um, I, I I do get enjoyment out of it. But being a dad has been way more um, fulfilling than any um, than any uh, meeting anybody, doing anything. It's been way more fun doing that. What do you think? Oh, wait, give me a second. I almost repeat the same question. Do you think there's a lack of fathers and why? Oh, no, there's plenty of. Oh, well, I guess it, we, have to, we, we have to go and uh, nuance the word fathers. I, mm -hmm. I mean, unless you have a um, unless you have a biological problem, anybody can be a father, you know, scientifically. Mm -hmm. But uh, is there a lack of fathers? Oh, yeah. There's a dearth of, of men that are willing to be a true biblical father. There's a dearth across the land. Oh, I go to church and bless God. I go to the, the men's group on uh, Saturday morning at 10. Uh, I could care less. Uh, or excuse me, I couldn't care less. Make sure I, I state that uh, properly. Um, but uh, yes, there's a huge lack of biblical fatherhood, of uh, biblical fathers. And what's frustrating to me is when you actually start training dads to be dads yeah. you are then um scorned by higher ups inside of uh you're scorned by higher ups inside of uh christendom yeah. um for doing that because you are crushing their narrative because then they they don't they no longer control the dads yeah. you don't have control you are under the control of god yeah if you are under the control of god and once you are, you have liberty. And that's what the Bible says. Other than that, I have no strong opinions. What is your hope for your future as a father? And what is your hope for your kids? I hope I continue to grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of, of God. I hope my kids continue to do that as well. Um, I hope they, they see that their dad is changing. I hope they see that their dad is um, becoming more um uh Christ like yeah. I hope they see that you know we they too can make mistakes and continue on yeah do you think this generation of fathers have things harder or easier than you have them I don't see I don't see it any different the devil's been alive and well since the garden of eden mm. we're fighting the same battles um uh it's it's actually um i've got it worse than somebody else yeah whatever think back to i mean we could go back in uh in in the bible and see 
um, so many, you know, the, the Tower of Babel, we can see Sodom and Gomorrah, we can see, I mean, where, where do you want us to go? I mean, seriously, this is, um, it's craziness uh, to think that it's not as, it's probably been worse than other times in the Bible. I'm not saying we haven't gotten, maybe, maybe we could go and look at some metric and say that it's worse in this area. Sure, why not? Um, but seriously, it, it's, it's, it's terrible out there. The devil is going about seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. And he has been for, oh, what, 8,000 years? It's you know, yeah. a young yeah. earth. What is something you have to say to this generation of men and fathers? Stand up. Be a man. If you can't, go be a used car salesman. <laughs> say it again for the people in the back. I don't think they heard you. Stand up. Be a man. If you can't do it, go be a used car salesman. <laughs> and last question. What is something you have to say to this generation of women and mothers? They need to stand up, too. Seriously. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we have, there's a dearth of fathers. There's a dearth of biblical fathers. An absolute, I mean, it is, it's scorched earth of fathers. Yeah. Well, what's, what's tragic is scorched earth of of mothers too, biblical mothers. I mean, we've got mothers going to Planned Parenthood aborting their babies and thinking that it's okay. How in the wide world of sports is that okay? Yeah. Or okay. I, I mean, I, wow, it, it, it's a, an absolute travesty that we have taken it away that mother that motherhood instinct. An absolute travesty. Yeah. But it's gone. But it goes back to the whole problem. It, it, we we can we think that we're fighting the right thing when we're actually fighting the wrong thing. Yeah. We we don't understand we don't understand it correctly. We don't see it correctly, rightly. We're actually fought, we're actually fighting the devil. Yeah. We're fighting the devil. The devil is cropping up against fathers. He's fighting against fathers. He's fighting against mothers. He's fighting against everybody because he doesn't care one single lick about you, me, anybody. He just wants it for him. Respect of a person. Correct. And we don't understand that. We don't see that. Yeah. And that's where, yeah. folks, we're literally fighting the devil. Again, we get the opportunity to, everybody wants to go back. I've, I've got some people that tell me, well, I'd love to go back to the, whatever, you know, they name, you know, the time frame. I wish we were back in the mid 1800s because bless God. I'm like, the devil was still there trying to crush me. Jesus. Yeah. That's so I wish I was back in the time. I, if I was only Sarah, I with Abraham and Sarah, things would be different. Well, then make them different today because you're fighting the same devil. Why don't you be the Sarah of today? Well, I wish I was the, oh, come on. Just be who you are before God. Stand up. Be it. It's, it's, you, you can't, I mean, you can have so much fun fighting the devil. Yeah. It's fun watching the devil go and, and, and speak and, and get all worked up. But you have to actually go out and fight him. Yeah. You gotta go and kick him in the teeth. Yeah. 
So good, so good, so good. Well, pioneers and beautiful people, with that, that concludes the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Pastor John, for being on here. This was so good. Guys, if you were blessed by this episode, please go like, follow, share, go to the website, go to the Patreon. Guys, make sure that you are tuning in for the next episode. Take this and go change your life, your community, and the world. And with that, we say bye.